Hello and welcome to this edition of Pale, the Hindu's weekly program that delves into issues making headlines. This week, we are discussing the series of changes that the BJP is carrying out in the states. Since May this year, the party has changed five chief ministers across four states, and Prime Minister Narendra Modi's home state, Gujarat, is the latest. Are these changes an admission of anti-incumbency, or is it a sign of concentration of power in the hands of the central leadership? To discuss this, we are joined by two distinguished guests. Dr. Harish Khare, senior journalist and former editor of the Tribune, and Sudhindra Kulkarni, senior journalist and political commentator. Welcome to both of you. I'm Sandeep Pukan, the moderator of this discussion. So Dr. Khare, to you uh, first, is changing chief ministers before the end of their tenure a sign of anti-incumbency, or do you think this is an adoption of the high command culture that the Congress was once known for? Well, Sandeep, I'm not very comfortable with conceptually with this concept of anti-incumbency. Anti-incumbency is a word coined by, if I'm not mistaken, or made respectable by Shri Adwani after Radhna Singh government was voted out of power in UP in 2002. Now, I mean, anti-incumbency implies, the concept implies that doesn't matter how good a government performs after four years, five years, uh, negativity would accumulate and the voters will vote out the... But this is belied by the uh, record. In right now, in this country, we have this extraordinary phenomena of Mr. Naveen Patnayak. For 20 years, he's ruling the state without any, uh, you know, song and dance, without any extravagant claims to national global glory. Uh, yet, um, uh, so anti-incumbency, I mean, a government is voted out because the ruling party is not able to uh, do as smart a politics as it should do. And the, those who are in opposition do a better job of uh, galvanizing the voters and all that, uh, what it implies. If by the same reckoning, the ruling party does uh, uh, um, marshals its uh, resources, as BJP has done in Gujarat for 20 years. So where is the question of, for 20 years, the same government is where is the question of anti-incumbency. So let's put, the, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing called anti-incumbency involved in Gujarat. What is involved is whether the central leadership wants to control or how much it can control, how much it should control. Those are the issues which needs to be um, analyzed in some detail. Right. So um, taking off from here, uh, Mr. Kulkarni, as Dr. Khare pointed out, that uh, he doesn't quite believe in the concept of anti-incumbency. In fact, Gujarat is a case in point. Uh, the BJP uh, has been repeatedly winning the state uh, for two decades now. And except the last elections where it got some challenge from the Congress, uh, where the Congress had restricted the uh, BJP 
to below 100. I think 99 was their initial score. Uh, yet, going ahead, the BJP has changed their chief minister just when there are about 12 months uh, for elections to take place in Gujarat. What is your sense? Why do you think this exercise was carried out in Gujarat, specifically in Gujarat? Uh, thank you, Sandeep Ji, for inviting me to participate in your podcast and on a very important subject. And I just happened to be in Ahmedabad today and uh, we are discussing the phenomenon of uh, chief ministers being replaced arbitrarily. As you mentioned, five chief ministers in the last four months of the BJP ruled governments. What it shows is that uh, at a, there was a time when the BJP was accusing the Congress of having a high command culture where whatever fatwa is uh, issued by New Delhi, by the high command, is unquestioningly followed by the satraps in the states. But that is precisely what is happening now. It's not just high command culture, it is super high command culture that has set in in the BJP. There was a time when the BJP used to talk of Congress Mukt Bharat. What we are seeing is Congressization of the BJP as far as ruling the party units, including the democratically elected governments of the BJP in various states. So there is both anti-incumbency and more importantly, concentration of power in New Delhi that is at work. Why am I saying that anti-incumbency is at work? Look at Gujarat. After Narendra Modi ceased to be chief minister of uh, Gujarat and went to Delhi to become the prime minister, his trusted party colleague Anandi Ben became the chief minister. But before the 2017 assembly elections, she was replaced because there was chief ministerial anti-incumbency. No anti-incumbency against the BJP, but the party felt that it cannot perhaps come back to power with the same person being at the helm. So she was removed. The same pattern is, re is repeated now. Elections are due in Gujarat in 2022 and Mr. Rupani has been replaced because there was no confidence in the BJP that it can come back to power in 2022 with Rupani as the chief minister. And they have brought in Bhupendra Patel, a total nobody. You know, I am in Gujarat, I am in Ahmedabad. I asked many people and they said that he is a first-time MLA. He is not known outside Ahmedabad itself. He is hardly a leader of Gujarat. But because the high command or the super high command wanted to control Gujarat, wanted to continue to govern Gujarat from New Delhi, they installed a, a person who is a nobody but answerable to the two top leaders of uh, the BJP. It's very ironical that uh, when Narendra Modi was the chief minister, he used to say, Ki hum Gujarat ki asmina, asmita par chot aane nahi denge. That is, we will not let New Delhi dictate terms to Gujarat. Gujarat's asmita, self-pride, is supreme for us. Now, where is Gujarat's self-pride here? It is blindly following dictates from New Delhi, even though it's the same party's leadership. But this, in my view, is yet another instance of how New Delhi, the 
utmost concentration of power in New Delhi is uh, undercutting democracy in, in states after states. First, where the BJP is ruling, but also where the non-BJP parties are ruling in terms of uh, attacks on the federal structure of the constitution, a subject to which I'll come later. Interesting that you talked about, uh, or rather you made a distinction between uh, chief ministerial anti-incumbency and uh, the party. Uh, you mentioned that how the party saw anti-incumbency against the chief minister, but not the party itself. Uh, in the case of Anandibhan Patel, and that's why Vijay Rupani was brought in. So, do you think that uh, Vijay Rupani was not uh, listening to the high command, as it were, and that is why he was changed, or was it a case of reaching out to the party dars of Patel, because that's a traditional vote bank for the BJP in Gujarat? You know, it's a it's a very important question. The BJP say, says that we do not indulge in caste politics. For us, all castes are equal. They even go to the extent of saying that we don't believe in uh, religion-based politics. As a matter of fact, they practice religion-based politics. They even practice caste-based politics because the sole purpose of bringing in Bhupendra Patel as chief minister now with less than a year to go before the assembly election is to have a Patel, a Patidar, as the chief minister because that's a dominant caste. We saw in, in Karnataka, Lingayats are a dominant caste. They replaced a Lingayat leader. I won't say Edurapa was entirely a, a, a Lingayat leader. He was a mass leader who belonged to the Lingayat caste. But when he was released, he was replaced. They made sure that they brought in one more person from that particular caste, Mr. Bombay. So at one level, the BJP is very much indulging in caste politics. Secondly, from what I hear from political observers in Gujarat, is that a reason for making this particular person as the chief minister is also that he is not, uh, he is not someone very popular and therefore he lends himself very easily to be dictated by New Delhi. And there is also a certain internal uh, party politics and uh, conflict of interest among various leaders and they wanted a person you know who would listen to the various power centers inside the BJP. Now this is hardly democratic. The common people of Gujarat are uh, helpless today that their state is being treated so shabbily. Right. So Dr. Khare, uh, I want to take that to you. Uh, you know, uh what Mr. Sudhindra Kulkarni just said that he was not a, the incumbent chief minister is not really a popular leader, but the choice of the high command. Now, uh, is this a natural corollary that when you have a very powerful and a strong leader at the center, your state's leadership gets weakened or, you know, you have weak leaders in the states because you can't afford to have weak leaders both at the center and the state. And that was a template followed by the Congress during Mrs. Indira Gandhi's time. Sandeep, Sandeep, the way to look at it is if we can remove the personalities out, then if we look at how do we govern a continental polity like ours, that is a fundamental issue. In a way, <clears throat> we are trying to run a democratic empire. I have always believed in that. 
no political party has to no political party has got except once more than 50% of vote share uh, those who are at the come to power in the center they have to find a way of running this vast country the indian national congress at its best was the was it at its best because it became a political instrument of the indian state the bjp is today facing the same structural problem it is running the country it the it's it has more than 600 seats in uh, 300 seats in the lok sabha it has how do you how much control how much initiative you leave to the state how much you control and the if we leave out the nehruvian era uh, years then we have three distinct phases indira gandhi phase rajiv gandhi phase narendra modi phase where the prime minister had was the principal vote getter the prime minister uh, did not depend on the state allies or depend on the uh, other parties to make up the numbers so the a prime minister and especially a prime minister want to control his state this is a very basic basic given in uh, in political uh, uh, realities of life uh, so in many ways bjp was hypocritical when it accused the congress and it is i mean it if, if it is no longer entitled to ride on a moral high horse by claiming that it has no high command culture the high command culture gets built in into the need for politically controlling and operating the politics of a continental polity like ours it's very simple right. in my mind right so uh, you know in fact i was just coming to that you talked about prime minister modi being the main vote getter for the bjp so there is this argument that uh, if you look at all the changes that have happened with the exception of assam where mr sonwal despite uh, winning the state under him uh, may had to make way for another chief minister mr himant dr himant vishwa sharma otherwise if you look at all the changes these are poll bound changes, uh, states all the states that are going to polls in the next uh, from a few months to a year karnataka goes to polls in 2023 whereas uttarakhand and gujarat both go to polls in 2022 so uh, many argue that in any case it is the prime minister who gets votes be it nationally or in the states so the high command or the central leadership is well within their right or has the moral authority to make the changes the way they like how do you look at this argument no i'm not sure whether uh, this is um, uh, anything to the fact of the matter you can have a very strong um, bjp president very strong congress president very strong prime minister but that doesn't mean that the state level leaders don't have aspiration they don't have ambitions gujarat is a classic case in gujarat anandi bhan patel had to make the way for somebody else because of what used to be called the palace intrigue 
Um, and that happens all the time in all the states. It's happening, whether it's the Congress ruling state, BJP ruling state. That now, because a, a state like Gujarat or Maharashtra or UP, you take any state, their regions, their caste, their communities. Um, so those as, that's the nature of democratic mobilization. And social flux is very much continuing. We are not a stagnant society. And because society is not stagnant, and now the economy since post-1991 is changing, penetrating every aspect of our um, collective life, it is bound to be reflected in the uncertainties and vulnerabilities of um, um, politics and politicians. Right. Mr. Kulkarni, what are your thoughts on this? As I said that, you know, uh, there is a, a line of argument that the BJP uh, central leadership can afford to make the changes uh, because essentially, uh, whether it's uh, nationally or the state elections, it is it rides on the popularity of Prime Minister Modi and which is why uh, the state leaders have a limited role in winning uh, elections or uh, doing well in the states. No, this is precisely what the BJP used to criticize the Congress for when the Congress was led by Indira Gandhi. And there was a popular saying those days that even if the Congress puts up a poll as its candidate and that lifeless poll would get elected because the people vote for Indira Gandhi and not for the candidate. And as someone who worked for the BJP for 16 long years, I often heard our two top leaders, Atal Bihari Vajpayeeji and Lal Krishna Advaniji say that there are only two parties in India in which there is inner party democracy. That is the BJP and the CPIM. Now, where is inner party democracy in the, in the BJP now? The BJP is also justifying all these happenings in the name of uh, what you just said, that people vote for Narendra Modi and not for the party and even less for the candidate. Now, this is a severe threat to the structure of party system that is at the base of democracy in India. It is personality-based politics that has replaced party politics. Hindi mein kahena hai, to hum shahi ki or bad rahe hai. One man rule, eko hum dvitiyo nasti. I am the only leader. There cannot be, there is not, and there must not be a second leader. Now, is this good for Indian democracy? It's a matter to be very seriously debated by the political establishment, also by the people. Because when inner party democracy, when the lights dim in inside political parties, then lights will also dim for democracy in the country. And that is precisely what is happening. We are seeing democratic institutions coming under attack one by one, including the Supreme Court of India. The government is now defying even the Supreme Court of India. Where will this lead India to? So it's not just a matter of uh, uh, a a chief minister being replaced by yet another chief minister. No, this is all part of a much larger malaise that is spreading in India's uh, polity and increasingly also our society. 
Dr. Khare, I just want to uh, take that point to you. Uh, very strong words used by Mr. Kulkarni, calling it a malaise. But, you know, if you look at the uh, you know public narrative, people are saying that, uh, look at the difference between the BJP and the Congress. The BJP has had so many changes. Uh, so many chief ministers have been changed and there hasn't been a murmur. Whereas uh, in the uh, two, or at least in two of the three Congress rule states, I would say in all the three states, whether it's Punjab, Rajasthan or Chhattisgarh, we are seeing uh, leadership clashes in very publicly, uh, you know, leaders are fighting against each other and it's spilling all over. So uh, perceptionally, BJP comes across as a very disciplined party, whereas uh, Congress is unable to control and it's spilling all over. Uh, Sandeep, I'm sorry, this is a narrative spun by Delhi-based media uh, and it is far from reality. There are, I mean, the very fact that Anandi Bhain had to be replaced and then Mr. Rivani has to be replaced, it shows where is the discipline. If, um, if, the, if the so-called powerful high command so wise, full of wisdom, could not foresee that you have put a man, a chief minister in uh, Uttarakhand who will have to be get elected in six months time and then you can't get him. So where is this omnipotence? There is one re actual reality and then the fake reality Delhi-based media keeps on creating about the invincibility and the great, uh, you know, chanakya-ness of uh, BJP leadership. And this is the precisely the crisis. Every single BJP state is full of squabble, squabbling leaders. And which is natural. I mean, this is a, a two very, just because to say that Mr. Modi has decreed something, A, B, C, D, doesn't mean that people will, uh, that reality has changed. There are in, if you take the case of Gujarat, there is the regional aspiration, there is Saurashtra, there is uh, South Gujarat, there is Central Gujarat, there is North Gujarat, there is Ahmedabad itself has a, its own political ecosystem. Then you have various communities and even within the communities you have somebody, somebody is a Kadwa Patel, somebody is a Lava Patel, the Saurashtra Patel are different from North, North Gujarat Patels. And they all mobilize themselves. Um, um, after all, the district-level politician has to find an anchor for himself or herself in a caste, in a, a, a some kind of a, a communal identity uh, around a community, around a, a around a group. You you just don't go and uh, it's all very well to say the votes are cast in the name of uh, Mr. Modi or Indira Gandhi or Rajiv Gandhi. But uh, at the end of the day, this uh, very, very pain staking calculations of caste, subcaste, supercaste, uh, plus other organizational work that matters. So, so if, if Mr. Modi's charisma was all that omnipotent, what happened in the Spring Hall, for example. But these are all, um, I mean, when we talk of perceptions, we have to be very careful 
whose perceptions we are talking about. Right. Uh, sir, one you know, last question that I wanted to ask both of you. Uh, in fact, uh, Mr. Kulkarni already mentioned uh, in his comments briefly. Uh, the BJP used to attack the Congress uh, or keeps attacking the Congress as a family enterprise, saying that, you know, uh, only a certain, only a person with a certain uh, surname can become the party president, whereas BJP is a party where it prides itself on internal democracy. It does not have to, one does not have to have a particular surname to become the party president. But now all that seems to be changing. Uh, do you think that the party uh, can claim the same legacy with the changes in its style of functioning, Dr. Curry? Well, I mean, again, uh, that, that was the um, good propaganda um, point for BJP. It remains a point for uh, there is a certain relevance as for Congress party is concerned. But power within BJP has always also been concentrated among a handful of people. Though they were careful and wise uh, to give the impression of having a collective leadership. Um, party has had very nameless uh, people as uh, party president. Um, but that doesn't mean that they exercise power. Power was exercised uh, during by Bajpayee, Advani ji and in some Joshi ji. These three people ran the party. Um, but again, there was a certain uh, uh, subtlety about it and certain uh, pretenses were maintained that there is a party president uh, who should be deferred to. That's it. Hmm. Right. So I, I want to take that uh, to Mr. Kulkarni as well. You've been part of the Vajpayee Prime Minister's office, Mr. Kulkarni, uh, as Dr. Kare said that, you know, at least an impression was given that the leadership was collective, but uh, power actually remained in the hands of a few. Uh, so what's the difference now then from the earlier phase of the BJP? I won't say that there was 100% uh, collective leadership even when the party was led by Vajpayee and Advaniji, but most certainly there was a far higher degree of internal democracy, internal consultation, consultation between the central leadership and the state leadership that time. Now, there is nothing of the kind, either at the state level or at the central level. The party is entirely led by two persons. And this is, this is why people inside the BJP should really worry about the post-Modi era. What will happen to this party? Because nobody is permanent. But once the leadership of Modi is no longer there, I am afraid the BJP will face very swift, serious disintegration. And this is something the BJP should, should really worry about. One of the reasons for the Congress getting so marginalized is because it promoted, practiced high command culture. It could replace chief ministers of even major states you know, without any regard to the people's aspirations. You know, I come from Bombay. On Marine Drive, there used to be a very witty, uh, you know, a billboard run by Nana Chudasama. When Antule was replaced and another chief minister, Baba Sahib Bhosle, was replaced and one 
Shankar Rao Chavan was made the chief minister, you know, he put up a billboard says the Congress High Command determines who the chief minister of Maharashtra should be in alphabetical order. A, B, C. Antule Bhosle Chavan. I mean, that is how ridiculous it had become. And this kind of high command culture ultimately weakened the Congress party. And we know what where the Congress party you know, stands today. The BJP is going to suffer the same fate in the years to come. So therefore, internal democracy is extremely critical for party-based democracy. A, demo, a, a political party where the top leader subjugates a party for only his own empowerment ultimately weakens the democratic system itself. So we are seeing some very serious signs of authoritarianism and it will only get worse unless the democratic forces in the country come together and work for a real change, a decisive change in 2024. On that note, uh, we will end this conversation. Uh, thank you both uh, very much for your time and the insight into uh, what is emerging as a new political culture in the BJP and uh, politics at large. Thank um, you, Hariji. Thank you, Kurzusi.